Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good? We're going to start off with a song that's pretty familiar to those of you who have been involved in camp. We're going to sing, I Will Call Upon the Lord. Um, since this chapel was originally going to be outside, we planned songs that really didn't need books. But if you'd like to look in your book for the words, um, there's number 19 in the green in the Sing the Journey book. And if you could please stand. Inside, but we've kept the simple structure of the chapel. Today we are going to hear parts of the stories of three members of our community. Mitch Mitchell, a new residence life director this year, Carlos Laura, a member of the Fizz Plant team, and Regina Shan Stoltzfus, one of our professors who teaches in the PJCS and Bible departments. They're going to talk on the theme of who am I in this world? They will be telling stories about how faith and vocation have intersected in their lives. In between hearing them speak, we will be singing verses of Guide My Feet, a very appropriate song for the subject. As we look forward to hearing the stories of Dr. Mitch, Carlos, and Georgina, I want to acknowledge the stories that are out on the clothesline for Sexual Violence Awareness Week. We need to hear these stories of pain. Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy. Help us recognize your voice in the voices of others, God. As you called Samuel, and he at first did not recognize you, so we confess that we do not always hear. Yet we ask you for the wisdom to say to you and to our fellow beings, speak, for your servant is listening. As Mary Magdalene courageously spoke the good news to the eleven, even in their disbelief, 
so inspire us to share your stories of hope in a despairing world. Though we do not always feel like worthy listeners or tellers of important stories, help us to remember Jesus' calling of our fellow sinners, talking with people from all walks of life and calling them his friends. Like Peter, Andrew, James, and John, come make us fishers of people, searchers for human stories. Finally, God, make clear to us our calling as spoken by the prophet Micah, to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you. In the Talmudic words of others who have struggled with how best to love when surrounded by pain, do not be daunted by the enormity of the world's grief. Do justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. As a reminder of God's presence with us here and now, we light the Christ lamp, a symbol of the Emmanuel, God with us. One final prayer before we hear the stories of three members of our community who have found a place here at Goshen College as they journey. In the words of Thomas Merton, my Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself, and the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you, and I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire, and I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. Please join us now in passing the peace, and please make sure to shake hands with at least two people who you don't know. Thanks. Please remain standing. Sorry, stand up again. <laughs> And take out your blue hymnal and turn to number 546. Number 546. And keep your thumb in this page because we'll be, we'll be coming back to it throughout the service. For right now, we're going to be singing verses 1 and 2. And you are all welcome to sing the leader part. grateful to the worship team for inviting me to share a little bit of 
my story and I will try to stay within the limit. Um, but know that I'm leaving a bunch of stuff out, so you can talk to me afterwards if you want to. Um, many of you know that my teaching and uh, writing and reading are around social identities, particularly race and gender. And I would like to blame my home congregation, Lee Heights Community Church in Cleveland, for uh, giving me that bug. I grew up in that congregation, uh, a Mennonite church, an urban Mennonite church on the east side of Cleveland, and it was an integrated congregation. So my, my coming to faith, my learning Christian scriptures, my, um, my way of being a Christian in the world was in the context of people of different racial identities doing that together, worshiping together. That was my norm. Uh, and I thought for a while, and many of y'all have heard me say this before, I thought that's what Christians did. Like I thought, oh, this is, this is a Christian thing when we uh, transcend racial boundaries. Um, and I found out um, that no, we were kind of strange in that way that we did that. But it set me on a path. Um, I, I wanted that for everyone. That was such a gift uh, for me. So I, um, that was my grounding, that was the, those were the people that taught me my faith. Um, I graduated from high school, I went to a big state university for my first year of college and it was not a good experience for me. Um, a big school and me just don't match, one of the reasons I'm here and glad to be here. So I took what um, is now known as a gap year, actually two years and I, I worked in refugee camps in Thailand for a couple of years, and then I came back. And I took a really long road to finish my bachelor's degree, because uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to, when I went into high school, I, when I went into college, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. I love to write, I love to read, I like staying current with events. Um, but then my time in Southeast Asia, thought, oh, I want to do something that uh, helps people, but I didn't know what that was. So when I came back, I was uncertain uh, what to study and what to do. And I ended up starting uh, work that had me thinking about race and gender in a lot of different jobs. Uh, and the one job that did set me on the path that led me here was when I became the associate pastor of the church that I grew up in, Lee Heights Church. Um, we had experienced a lot of growth. They added another pastor. The congregation called me. And then they said, but we want you to go to seminary, which is a good thing. Um, they valued having seminary-trained leadership. Um, but there was one little wrinkle. I hadn't finished my BA yet. So I had to spend a year finishing my BA. So I took a long time to do that. Don't, don't do that. Like, get done. Um, it's easier that way. <laughs> but then, when I finished my bachelor's degree and I went to seminary and I had seminary professors, I was a little bit afraid. What are they going to try to do to me and my faith when I go to seminary? Um, but I had professors that opened up the scriptures to me through the lens of where I sat. I got to read uh, African-American theology. I got to read feminist and womanist theology. And it was like, oh my gosh, 
where has this stuff been all my life? And then the other thing that happened was my professors that opened this world up to me were my role models and I started thinking, I want to do that. I want to, I want to ground my faith um, in my scholarship and I, these are the things that I want to talk about. And so I studied um, Hebrew scriptures and I studied and I wrote my master's thesis uh, through a womanist lens, through the lens of African-American women looking at the scriptures and, and owning them for themselves. That acknowledgement of my experience and my existence was so very important to me and made it more clear to me that this was what I wanted to do. So I knew that I also wanted to teach. I didn't quite know how to get there. Some years later, the opportunity opened up for me to come here as one of the campus pastors back in uh, the fall of 2002. I did that for three years, and then I went on to do PhD studies to continue this journey. And I have been very, very richly blessed to be here and continue to have these conversations with this community. Um, and I love that I get to do what I love to do with a community that embraces that and honors that. So that's a bit of my story. I will be glad to continue that with um, any of y'all in other places. Thank you. Verse three, stand by me. Blessing everyone. Uh, for those that don't know me, my name is Carlos. I work at the physical plant, and uh, it's a great honor to be in front of you guys. It's a great honor to work for Goshen College. Um, who am I in this world? I'm a father, I'm a son, you know, a grandson, and also with my wife, we serve as a pastor of True Vine Tabernacle. I said I'm a grandson and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a son because those two persons had a lot to do in my life, my grandma and my mother. She was a single mom, worked hard to, uh, to give us food, to put food on our table. And, and also my grandma mold the person that I am today. I was talking to me yesterday and I, and I could tell him that I could close my eyes every day and I know that my grandma is praying for me every morning at six o'clock in the morning. Last year we went to visit her. She's 99 years old. Still sharp, everything, you know, remembers everything. And, uh, and one of the highlights of that trip to the Dominican Republic was when was when she laid hands on each one of my kids and passed on the blessings to them. 
you know. Uh, I, I also want to introduce my wife before I keep going. Uh, that beautiful wife, the most beautiful wife, uh, the most beautiful woman in this planet. Sorry about you, ladies. You know, and, and then right after that is my mom. I don't think there is any woman in this planet more beautiful than my mother. Um, you know, as a teenager, I, I moved in to New York City. Live with my uncle, which is a pastor of Mennonite Church, where I met my beautiful wife. Uh, there, uh, we served for many years until uh, we decided to move to Indiana. Why Indiana? It was her idea first. <laughs> I blame her. I blame her for that. Uh, she came here, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, she went back to New York and told me, "Hey, Carlos, I think we need to move to Indiana. Why? Why Indiana? Oh, I received a call to go to Indiana. I think I need to go pastor to Indiana." And, and, I, and I'd say, why Indiana? I, who called you? I, God telling me that we need to move to Indiana. But God hasn't told me anything. <laughs> so I, I, I told her, we got to wait. So, and we prayed. I believe in prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe in the Word of God. I, uh, I, I told her, we need to pray because if God talked to you, he needs to talk to me. So we waited, and uh, approximately four years or five years after she, uh, she told me the news, and then I, I thought, okay, it's time for us to move to Indiana. But there are some conditions. I'm going to pray. You know, I, I do dry cleaners. I came to visit Goshen and, and Erkal area, but, and, and I thought, there's barely any people around here. You know, New York City, you have people working all over the place. You, you, you know, the money is here, honey. You know, but it's not about the money. You know, uh, we received a call to, call, uh, to come and pastor. We didn't know what church. I thought, okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to put some applications. If God is in the deal, he will make things easy and smooth for me to find the job that I need to provide for you, and to uh, settle down in Indiana. And uh, we came in vacations, put the, uh, uh, the applications. Two days later, they called me for an interview, and I was hired. To make the story short, you know, I move over here, plan everything we can. Uh, after, after I was here all alone, I started praying for uh, going to places and prayed in every church that I go to. Because God called us. And we were in a church in Brooklyn where it was full, diversity, you know. A lot of people, we were packed in this church, you know, that only supposed to fit 100. We were fitting 300 people in there. And I, uh, and I, told, uh, and I told my wife, well, I'm going to pray you know, we believe in prayer, and God will direct us where we need to be. You know, and um, as I was praying, I was driving to different churches and prayed. As soon as I, I got out on Sunday, as soon as that service finished, I jumped in my truck, going to another church and pray, because I needed to hear from God. I needed to know where we belong and where we were supposed to be. 
You know, we were busy in Brooklyn. We were evangelizing. We were part of the, of the worship team. We were part of the, uh, of the leadership in that church. You know, so we were not ready to sit down and just be a regular member of any church. We were ready to work. So we got to this little church where, where I prayed and I felt that that's where we needed to be. Why? Because it needed a lot of work. And, and I felt that my wife and I could have put a lot of our, of our experience into it. So uh, when we moved back in, I told this is the church that we need to be. She looked at the church and said, wow, what are we going to do? She almost cried because there was barely any people in there. Yeah, but this is where we need to be. We came here to work, not to sit down. So we, we start going to that church and within three or four months, they ask you to be part of the leadership. Another two months, they ask you to, be, to take the leadership of that church and we become a pastor. Today, the church is True Vine Tabernacle. A uh, hundred people meet there every Sunday. You know, very diverse, very alive. Um, you know, it's amazing what God is doing in that church. You know, we have people that we have pulled out from under the bridge. Today are restored, working. We have pulled people from an from, from abandoned building using drugs, you know, and alcohol destroyed. And today they are restored, married, you know, and, 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 and living a normal life. That was by the power of God. My faith, about my faith. My faith plays a big role in my life. I pray for everything. I pray for everything. If you see me around talking by myself in my car, I'm not talking by myself, I'm praying. You know, or I smile at you, but just to try to make you think that I'm not crazy. <laughs> yes, but I'm praying. I like to pray. And, uh, and uh, I, I prayed even before I got married, I prayed for my wife. And she prayed for me too. She was surprised to get this handsome man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I prayed for her, I, you know, and I, and, and I believe that God directs your path. And I, and I asked God, God, you know what I need. Let me tell you, he gave me more than what I deserve. Strong woman, beautiful, and a, a special quality in her. She loves the Lord. Very important quality for me. Uh, we've been married 26 years, 27 years. <laughs> and, uh, and going strong. Um, I'm her biggest fan. I, I talk and brag about her because I think she deserves to uh, give the glory in some part of this. So, uh, you know, I, this is who I am. You know, if you, all of you are invited if, to my church if you want to come. If you, don't need, if you need transportation, just let me know. We pack Nishan's card with all of you. Uh, oh, by the way, I have three kids. Nishan, Elijah, and Clarissa. Um, which I'm proud of them. I, uh, uh, 
you are invited to come to our church and see what's going on and see the power of the Holy Spirit moving. Very diverse church. By the way, it's not an Hispanic church. It's an English-speaking church. So every time I, I, I invite some people, they tell me, I, I, I do not speak Spanish. No, we have translation if you do not speak English or speak Sp uh, uh, Spanish. We have translation that we will provide for you. Guy, I'm at your service, whatever you need. Verse four, I'm your child, and would you stand please? everybody. I'm getting used to and adjusted to these glasses, so bear with me, okay? My vision, is, vision isn't the best. Old age is catching up to me. Uh, I am Dr. Mitchell, and commonly known around Goshen as Dr. Mitch. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., in the inner city streets of Washington, D.C., at a time where D.C. was the murder capital of America. Growing up, I experienced many tough lessons of life, some vicariously and some indirectly, where violence and death always hit close to home, either was a neighbor, a classmate, or a friend. Nonetheless, this shaped the man I am today. It built my resilience, my character, and my belief to overcome any adversity and continue to live. I never questioned God. I always trusted him. In many ways, I am blessed to stand before you today. And I digress. They say every scar tells a story. I bear the scar from a motorcycle accident. And it showed me to live, that every day is a blessing and appreciate it. Remember that. So in many ways, I stated I'm blessed to stand before you today. I could have been another black statistic or a tragedy whose life was taken too soon due to inner city violence, but God watched over me and protected me. Also, God blessed me with two well-educated parents who experienced segregated schools and managed to both graduate college and receive master's degrees. I'm a proud product of many prayers and blessings. My mother, who taught English for DC public schools, instilled education in my brother and I at an early age. She informed us that a black man in America with no education had limited options in life. Her dream was for her two black sons to receive their college degrees, and she put her money where her mouth was. Uh, she paid for both of our college tuition out of her pocket. In fact, she paid for two college tuitions at the same time because my brother was a senior and I was a freshman in school. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I became an RA, to help offset some of the costs for my mother financially during this time frame. Her dream came to fruition, 
in 2002 when I walked across the stage and I immediately handed her my degree and told her, this is your degree, I'll get another one. And so I did. I went on and received my master's degree. And I also wanted to be the first doctor in my immediate family. So therefore, I became a doctor. My mother strongly dissuaded my brother and I from pursuing careers in education. However, you cannot deny your calling in life. In my career, I've been a professor of mass communication for five years, teaching at my alma mater, Elizabeth City State University, and Edward Waters College in Jacksonville, Florida. These institutions help reinforce my cultural identity, being the both are historically black colleges and universities, AKA HBCUs. A quote I live by, there's nothing wrong with being ignorant. The problem lies when you knowingly remain that way. With that being said, this is what brought me to Goshen. I've lived, studied, and worked in black colleges and went to a Christian graduate school, but I've never worked at a PWI. I firmly believe in going where you can grow, and that sometimes means stepping outside of your comfort zone and attacking your inner ignorance. Now, when do you question why I say call me Dr. Mitch? It's a sign of respect, appreciation that I have worked to complete a doctorate degree and to earn a title and to add to the body of knowledge of education. Uh, growing up in school, I never called my professors by their first name. Not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's just a respect that I have for you for that title and the education that you have within you. Also, it to show other individuals such as myself that you can receive an education degree. Working at the YMCA, many of my kids, when I worked at the YMCA before coming here, they say, well, are you a doctor? You work at a hospital? Well, why do you work at a school? They never knew what it meant that they could be a doctor outside of a hospital or medical field. Uh, and also, not too many African-American men get a college degree, let alone a doctorate. I encourage you not to adapt to your environment, but rather be adaptive. Because with most situations, the people, trends, and cultures change, and you have to be able to adapt to these trends. God blessed me with education to show others that education is the gateway to success and equality. I'm now with Goshen following the path that God has put in my heart and answering my calling. I thank you. Verses five and six, search my heart and guide my feet.
remain standing, please. Thank you, Regina, Carlos, and Dr. Mitch for sharing a piece of your stories, your heart and your faith. We students are so privileged to be surrounded by staff and faculty like you. Thank you so much. We will now sing one more song before we close. Si Hambanae. If you need the words, it's in your green. Sing the journey, number 78.